Well, here goes nothing. I say that because I assume a lot of you read the title and you are very frustrated. But um, just hear me out. Humor me, will you? Um, so if it wasn't obvious enough by the title, we are going to go through what exactly LeBron breaking the scoring record means. Uh, does it make him the GOAT? Does it not make him the GOAT? Uh, what are the arguments for both sides? And we are also going to possibly talk about all of the trade deadline stuff. Um, I have a lot to talk about on both subjects. So if it ends up being... Um, if it ends up being that the episode goes on for a long time, then I will cut it into two parts for time especially because there has not been a podcast episode for a while um and so that will give two podcast episodes um that are back to back to make up for the fact that uh there hasn't been one out for a while and also um hopefully one of if if i do cut it up one of these will come before the super bowl and one will come after the super bowl um, that way, obviously, I'm not competing too much for Super Bowl views, um, and also so that the podcast sort of remains in the media cycle and relevant to what we're talking about today. You know, if I uploaded this next week, then LeBron's record is old news at that point, as well as the trades. But um, before we get into all that, I just wanted to say really quick that we are incredibly close to 500 subs. Um, I do have something planned for when we do hit 500 subs, but we are literally like five away. We are on 495 right now. Um, so do whatever you can. Uh, it really helps. You know, like the videos, subscribe if you haven't already. And if you are subscribed and you have liked the videos, then share the videos to other people. Get them to a broader audience. That really does help me a lot. And, um, yeah, I just really wanted to announce that, that we are really, really close, which is exciting. Um, so please, please, uh, if you are enjoying the videos, please share them to other people. You know, get the channel out there. Um, all that good stuff. And um, I also... Again, just wanted to apologize for not uploading a podcast episode for a while, even though I have been keeping up with uploads, which is good. Um, now that everything is said and done, I guess I can sort of talk about it. I don't want to go into too much detail, um, but I did have a death in the family, uh, and it was somebody that was rather close to me, so um, I wasn't able to record or upload uh, any podcast for a while because, you know, um, I just felt like I wouldn't bring that much energy if I were to record a podcast episode and then also having to deal with everything that came after, uh, such as, you know, the funeral and all that other stuff. But, uh, with that being said, let's just go ahead and get on to the episode. So I actually do have a large document here uh, to go along with 
this GOAT argument because I feel like obviously making such a huge claim that LeBron is not the GOAT uh, without having anything to back it up would not be a very smart decision. So I'm not going to have this on screen the whole time, um, but as you can see, it's six pages with a lot of links, and we're going to go ahead and go through it. Um, but right here while it's on screen, you can see that my biggest arguments is that scoring is not everything. You know, you could be the scoring leader and have the scoring record, but that doesn't indefinitely make you the GOAT. Uh, difference in eras, the record is inflated. However, in defense of LeBron, I have that he's also the assist leader. Uh, how much can he break it by, the amount of games he did it uh, in, and longevity. Um, I also have right here other arguments. Uh, and what I mean by that is, before we get into this, um, the GOAT argument is a very sensitive argument for a lot of people, uh, which is why... Um, I'm hoping that the title sort of brought a lot of you here, but at the same time, uh, I want y'all, I want there to be sort of a mature agreement between the two of us, uh, between me, the person doing the podcast, and you as the viewer. Um, I, I know a lot of y'all that like LeBron may be uh, younger, and you know, um, whenever I've talked about LeBron before, I've gotten negative comments, but I can usually tell whenever it's, you know, people that don't have their driver's license yet that, you know, uh, don't really go in with an open mind. And so all I'm asking from you is that you go in uh, with an open mind with this. Um, I admit that uh, I'm very stubborn, and a lot of people are very stubborn when saying that MJ is the GOAT. However, uh, the uh, the same can be said for the opposition saying that LeBron is the goat as well. Uh, very sides, uh, both sides are very stubborn, and I feel like even with LeBron breaking the scoring record, uh, many people aren't swayed uh, too much either way. They're sort of set in um, in their mind. Um, but again, hopefully we can have sort of a uh, mutual agreement to go in with an open mind. Because even with how stubborn I am with MJ, uh, as I was doing my own research, um, which I'm about to go into, um, you know, I I brought arguments up uh, for myself that um, you know maybe LeBron is the goat. Uh, but we're going to discuss that here today, which obviously is a uh, huge discussion. Also, I forgot to mention that uh, I am recording uh, this episode rather than doing it live like I usually do. Uh, that is because I do have work here in a little bit, so I'm going to have to leave and then come back during this episode. Um, and also because I wasn't sure if this episode's going to be two parts based on how long it is. Uh, so if halfway through this there's like a cut and all of a sudden it's, it's darker and seems later at night, that's why um but usually these episodes obviously will be live streamed just not right now uh because of the how busy i've been this week but i wanted to get this out uh sort of around the super bowl uh so that again like i said the episode stays relevant and it doesn't have to be uploaded on saturday or sunday or monday or whatever competing with uh super bowl views a little bit but 
let's go ahead and jump right into it. So again, I'm not going to have this on screen the whole time because I don't want it to seem like I'm reading off of a script. But these are big notes that I have for myself, and I'm going to try and break down each of the sort of bullet points or paragraphs that I wrote while researching. Um, and again, hopefully, um, this will this will be thought provoking. Is is sort of my goal for this. Uh, I'm not trying to sway you either way, but uh, maybe it it opens up the argument a little bit more on either side. So let's go ahead and get into it. So the first thing I have here, like I said, with the biggest arguments, scoring is not everything. If that was the case, Kareem would have been the GOAT for everyone for the past almost 40 years, and Wilt and Kobe would be in the top three with their 181-point games, and Wilt when he averaged 50 points per game in a season. However, even with Wilt's 50-point-per-game stat line, Bill Russell still took home the MVP that season. Many people ask why when we look at Russell's stat line, it and it then becomes more apparent. Ru Bill Russell in 1962, <clears throat> Bill Russell in 1962 had almost 24 rebounds per game. And uh, once again, I have links here that I can go ahead and show on screen that relate to what I am talking about. But it's kind of cut off because the window is not sized correctly. But as you can see, Bill Russell averaged 23.6 rebounds, 18.9 points, 4.5 assists, and 76 games in 1961 to 1962. So let's go ahead and continue with this point. So, Bill Russell won the MVP over Wilt. Why is that important? Well, if we continue with this, in the year Kobe had his 81-point game, he was also averaging a significantly high number of over 35 points per game. But Steve Nash won the MVP that year with just barely over half of those points per game. This is because Steve Nash was averaging a double-double with his assist for the second year in a row, and after the MVP would go on to do it for a third year in a row. Even in more current years, this trend has continued. In 2019 to 2020, James Harden averaged over 34 points per game, while Giannis won the MVP with under 30 points per game. So once again, I will open up these links so that y'all can see it for yourself. And y'all can see exactly what I'm talking about. So if we go here, James Harden averaged the most points per game in 2019 to 2020 with 34.3 per game. Beal then comes next at 30.5, uh, then Damian Lillard at 30, Trey Young at 29, and Takumbo at 29.5. However, Giannis won the MVP that season because if we go down here, he has 13.6 rebounds per game, 5.6, one steal, and one steal per game versus James Harden only 6.6 rebounds a game uh, 7.5 assist almost two steals and almost one block 
So a lot of people, you know, argue that James Harden should have won the MVP. Um, they also argue that he should have won it uh, against Wes- Russell Westbrook when Russell Westbrook um, had the uh, triple double. Uh, and then Bradley Beal with the second amount of points, you know, he doesn't even come close in terms of assists, rebounds, um, or blocks or anything like that. You know, they're putting up high amount of points, but again, points doesn't points isn't the uh, end all be all of everything else. Because if that were the case, then you know the Wizards would be a much higher market with Bradley Beal again averaging 30.5 in second place for that season um, so again why are we bringing this up well exactly what I just said uh, this all ties back to the original point uh, that scoring does not immediately make you the best um, and let me show the Steve Nash stuff real quick so I believe it was either yes it was 2005 to 2006 So, Kobe has 35.4 points per game. However, he has 5.3 rebounds and only 4.5 assists, while Steve Nash has 10.5 assists and about the same amount of rebounds. Um, So what does make you the best? Well, if there was a definite answer, then the GOAT argument would be easy. Uh, you know, if, if there was a definite answer of what makes you the best, you know, we could go, oh, blocks make you the best. We could choose blocks and whoever has the best, uh, blocks per game, whoever had the most block records, um, whoever had the total amount of blocks or the best season with blocks, you know, um, that would be the, the definite goat. Same thing with rebounds. If we said rebounds makes you the best, then, um, we could choose who has the most rebounds out of everybody. We could choose who has the most rebounds uh, per game in a season, uh, and so on. And, and even with that, it would be a hard comparison because, you know, you have people like uh, Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell, again, that were playing in a much different era where they had games that they had, you know, 40, 40 rebounds. You know, we just talked about Bill Russell was averaging 23.6 uh, rebounds per game. So there is no definite stat uh, or definite thing that you can point to that makes somebody the absolute uh, best. And even if there was, then you have to compare different eras and different play styles and uh, different teams, you know, even if they're in the same era, you know, are they being utilized uh, as much as they could be? Or is it a more of a team system where, Maybe uh, they could get a, a lot more rebounds or they could get a lot more steals, but instead they have uh, somebody else on the team that's also contributing to rebounds and steals, and so the stats are, are leveled out a little bit. Uh, yeah, so on here I basically just said the same thing. Choose the stat or resume accomplishment, and whoever is the best is a GOAT. However, it's a combination of things, and it's subjective at the end of the day. This is why different people have different GOATs for different reasons. Um, I also said on here that this is why um, Clayton Crowley has such an amazing uh, playlist on his channel. 
Uh, I'm sure most of you have seen it already because of the amount of views it has, but go check it out. I'll leave it in the description. Um, and he has an entire playlist debating the GOAT argument with not just LeBron and MJ, but uh, other players as well, such as Kareem, and then uh, players that are not exactly the GOAT in my mind and in many people's minds, but are in top 10 for sure, um, and sort of dark horses for the GOAT argument, such as uh, Tim Duncan, Magic Johnson, Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, and so on. Um, you know, I, I think Kobe's in that playlist. I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, I, I'm like 80% sure that Kobe's also in, in there, um, just because it's Kobe. But, um, you know, in, in the grand scheme of the GOAT argument, once again, everybody, um, has a case for being the GOAT, which is exactly what he make, made the playlist on is like, what is the case for each player? Um, so definitely go check that out. But if we look at the the resumes um, solely on their own, which uh, I'll bring up here, uh, that MJ, um, MJ and Kareem both have LeBron beat in terms of resume. So let me go ahead and pull it up here. So as you can see, uh, even with MJ playing uh, less years, Jordan has, obviously there's the whole ring debate, you know, Jordan has six rings while LeBron only has four. Um, the, LeBron has played in more playoffs, but that means that, uh, you know, he's lost more in the playoffs. Uh, LeBron does have more all-star games, but he also played five less, uh, Jordan also played five less seasons than LeBron, and, uh, without question, if, if, um, Jordan would have played 20 seasons like LeBron, then he would have also had 19 all-star games, so I don't really count the all-star games between LeBron and Jordan, but again, you could, you could say, you know, LeBron has more all-star appearances because he didn't decide to retire two times like Jordan did. Um, but if we go to the rest of the awards, um, Jordan has five MVPs while LeBron has four. Uh, Jordan has six finals MVPs while uh, LeBron only has four because, again, the six versus four rings. Uh, NBA All-NBA uh, all First Team, uh, LeBron has more for All-NBA, but again, um, LeBron has played more seasons. Uh, all defensive, however, uh, Jordan is uh, better than LeBron at both. Uh, Jordan also won a defensive player of the year. Uh, Jordan, if we want to talk about you know the, the basis of why we're having this argument, the, the scoring record, Michael Jordan won scoring leader uh, 10 times while LeBron only won it once. However, LeBron also won assist leader while Jordan did not, uh, Jordan had three steals leader, which again goes into the defense that we'll talk about later. And then both of them have only one rookie of the year because, you know, they were the most hyped up player and you can only want win rookie of the year once. So, uh, and then if we go to Kareem, same sort of thing. They both played for, uh, an even amount of seasons so far. Kareem, however, has six rings while LeBron has four. 
Um, Kareem played in more playoffs. Kareem ties him for all-star uh, appearances. Uh, Kareem has more season MVPs. However, LeBron has more finals MVPs because Kareem uh, played with Magic. Uh, LeBron has more all-NBA appearances. Uh, but Kareem has more all-defensive team selections. Kareem has two scoring leaders com- uh, compared to LeBron's one. Kareem has one rebound leader. LeBron has the assist leader again. Kareem has four blocks leader. And then once again, because you can only win Rookie of the Year one time, Kareem and LeBron are both tied with one Rookie of the Year. So, if we go back to what I have here, If we look at the resumes of both Kareem and MJ, they have LeBron beat. The only thing LeBron is beating them at is All-NBA all selections, but LeBron has more all or, uh, uh, Bron also has more All-Stars than MJ, but you can tie this to the fact MJ has played less seasons than LeBron. This is That's what I said uh, a minute ago. Uh, both MJ and LeBron uh, have, technically both have all uh, this I've structured this sentence bad whenever I wrote it. Both MJ and LeBron technically have all-star appearances for all but one season they played, meaning that if you take MJ played 15 seasons, he has 14 all-star appearances. LeBron so far has played 20 seasons. He has 19 all-star appearances. So if you take their seasons, you know, um, uh, uh, I'll, I'll put it in algebra terms, even though uh, probably most of y'all don't like algebra, even though basketball is all math. Um, if X is the amount of seasons a player has played, both LeBron and MJ have X minus one all-stars, if that makes sense. Um, MJ and Kareem beat LeBron in every other category. All-defensive team, rebound leader, block leader, steals leader, championships, and so on. Kareem and MJ were just as efficient on the uh, Kareem and MJ were just as efficient on the defensive end as they were on the offensive end. Uh, MJ also had a much bigger difference in athleticism, with all of his shots being a mixture of both basketball and acrobatics. So, what do I mean by this? Well, if I look up, you know, MJ highlights real quick. Which, for audio listeners, y'all are going to have to bear with me here. Let me mute it real quick. So... Look at the amount. Look at the type of shots that Jordan is taking. You know, he's he's got these famous passes. He's got these famous, you know, under underhand shots. You know, he has the cradle shot from UNC. Um, he's able to jump from the free throw line. All this sort of stuff. Um, you know, he's able to posterize a lot of people, which LeBron can too, to be fair. But. Um, you know he's got these these crazy sort of juke outs uh, from defenders where he can go over under um, around um, defenders all that sort of stuff where 
he's just able to to move his body and move his arms um, around anybody to make the shots that he needs to make. So I'll go ahead and let the the highlights play out a little bit more. Once again, audio listeners, uh, y'all are just going to have to to bear with a little bit. Um, Right now I'm watching Michael Jordan top 50 all-time plays on YouTube if you want to try and follow along. Um, But again, it's just if you look up, like if you watch The Last Dance or if you look up his highlights, the way he's sort of able, like I said, to go under, around, over uh, all of his defenders – shows uh, his athleticism uh, because he sort of has an understanding of his body and understanding of acrobatics, uh, which he's able to combine together to make these uh, really crazy shots. So in uh, what I have written down here, I, I basically just repeated myself. I said, to be a great basketball player, Jordan understood his body and was able to use things like acrobatics in combination with basketball ability to make insane shots and highlight clips of his underhanded layups, fakeouts, and even dunk from the free throw line. Um, to my next point where I said uh, one of the biggest arguments is the difference in eras. Um, obviously, they played in different eras. In the last video where I talked about, you know, could Michael Jordan have broken Kareem's record if Michael Jordan played for the four seasons that he was retired? Uh, I even mentioned this at the very end, uh, saying it's one of the hardest things to do to compare eras, which is one reason that the GOAT argument is as difficult as it is. Um, And I will always stand by this. You know, even NBA analysts, you know, they argue the GOAT argument because they say who would have been more dominant in the other person's era? Would MJ uh, dominate in LeBron's era? Would LeBron dominate in MJ's era? How would Kareem do in either of the two eras? And it just ends up being apples to oranges at the end of the day. Um, However, uh, I I will say that MJ had very difficult opponents and obviously played in a more physical era with hand-checking and other more aggressive defensive fouls and had opponents such as Reggie Miller, Shaq, Isaiah Thomas, Carl Malone, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, AI, Dominique Wilkins, and so on. However, that is the end of the difference in era debate, and I will leave it at that because, again, the difference in era debate is a entire rabbit hole that people can go on for hours with. Um, now, this is the part where I know a lot of people are going to be very annoyed with me and you know this is where the anger starts to come in because this is the very controversial part of my argument uh, and I, I already know that it's going to get a lot of pushback but the words I put on this sort of bullet point notepad that I wrote up in Google Docs is the sentence the scoring record is inflated and not adjusted so again a lot of you are going to you know pick up your swords pick up your shields all that uh, against this but let me sort of explain what my thought process is on this 
the past two seasons for the Lakers have solely been built around this record. And Lakers fans and LeBron fans will deny, deny, deny this as much as they can. But for several years, the uh, for the past uh, few years, uh, the Lakers have been at the bottom of the conference. And the Lakers' new cycle has been filled with mainly just two things. And that is Russell Westbrook's performances and LeBron inching up on the record. Uh, I explained briefly my take on this while I was live reacting to the record, which I'll cut in some clips of uh, throughout this episode. But when LeBron is on the floor, the ball is always passed to LeBron in an attempt to boost his points and boost his numbers uh, with this record. And this is what is causing the Lakers right now to lose so many games because it is only it has only been about LeBron getting the record for the past two seasons and nothing else they are not playing to win they were playing to simply get LeBron as many points as possible and every single time that LeBron passed a milestone in regards to the scoring record he ended up losing the game. So when he passed MJ in points, he lost to the Nuggets. When he passed Kobe in points, he lost to the 76ers. When he became the scoring leader with playoff points uh, over Karl Malone, he lost to the Warriors. Uh, When he got the ultimate triple-double of 10K, 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 he lost to the Suns. When he passed Carl Malone in regular season, he lost to the Wizards. And, of course, the other night when he passed Kareem, he lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Lakers simply were not playing as a team and were not focused on their own team score, but rather LeBron's score. If we go into the plus-minus of each time, He made these milestones as well, and the games surrounding. Uh, This can only be further proven. In the four games before March 19th, 2022, when he passed Carl Malone, he went negative 16, negative 19, negative 21, and negative 5. On the game he passed MJ on March 6th, 2019, He was negative 8. In the three games before that, he was also negative 4, negative 1, and negative 11. In the game that he passed Kobe for points, on January 25th, 2020, he was negative 22. So as you can see, his plus minus in regards to getting the record and getting milestones is not that great. And whenever he did pass a milestone... It ultimately led to him losing the game. Over the past 10 seasons as well, these past two seasons have been the only time that his average field goal attempts per game have been over 20. He has always been about 18 field goal attempts per game, 19 field goal attempts per game, and now he's at 20, 21, Uh, field goal attempts per game because again he's being fed the ball more he's getting more shot attempts 
so that he basically has as much ample opportunity to break this record as possible. On the game that he broke the record as well against the Oklahoma City Thunder, he only had three assists in the entire game, which is tied for the least amount of assists that he had this season. As he broke uh, 20,000 points in 2013 as well, over 60% of his lowest assist games came after he broke that 20K point uh, milestone. And I will go ahead and show this on the screen here so you can better visualize exactly what I'm talking about. So, so which one was I looking for again? March 19th, 2022. So right here, he's plus one for the game. Uh, for March 19th but before that like I said negative 5 negative 19 negative 21 negative 16 uh, and these are some of his higher uh, field goal attempt games as well and um, it, if we if we pull up those basketball reference links that I have here um, it's just basically what I said earlier of showing you know the negative 8 negative 4 negative 1 negative 11 all that and then if we go to um, assist per game and field goal attempts uh, you know when he was uh, starting out after he was drafted he had some low assist games uh, but a large percentage as you can see here are him as a Laker and then him um, in Cleveland and with the Heat as well after 2013 uh, And then if we go to his field goal attempts, like I said, in the past 10 seasons, uh, he's 17 uh, field goal attempts with the Heat, 18 uh, field goal attempts with Cleveland, 18 with Cleveland again, 18 with Cleveland again, 19 with Cleveland. And then with the Lakers, you know, it sort of increases a little bit, but still below 20. So 19.9, 19.4, 18.3. And then these past two seasons, 21.8, 22.8. Even if we take his highest season of 19.9 a couple years ago, he's, ha he's taking, on average, two more field goal attempts per game. Which you could equate that to, again, the pace of the league uh, increasing. You know, uh, I've talked about it before that there's less defense and people are shooting more and that has a little bit to do with it, uh, but we'll get into that a little bit later when we talk about in defense of LeBron. So to summarize, like I said, again, when LeBron was not on the floor, the Lakers played much more like a unit and were able to play make and score more elegantly. This isn't even to mention the amount of attention it brought to the league as a whole. As LeBron got closer to the scoring record, all eyes were on him, like I said. The Lakers' media coverage was mainly about Russell Westbrook and LeBron's record. The NBA was racking in fat stacks of cash the closer he got to the record, and the NBA made it their biggest story in the media cycle, constantly trying to make it keep it relevant and having an official scoring tracker on the NBA.com website. 
on the night that the record was broken, tickets sold for almost $200,000. Now, again, those are the courtside seats, but a ticket to see LeBron break the record was, like, almost, if not more, the cost of a house. Like, full mortgage, like, paid-off house. $200,000. And this is not to mention the amount of money that the Lakers and NBA also on that night and surrounding the game uh, get on sales made from jerseys, made from convenience store sales, you know, beer, all that sort of stuff. Um, And, you know, jersey sales after the record with this whole GOAT argument, once again, uh, being a huge debate of people wanting to get uh, their LeBron jersey just like back in the day. People wanted to get MJ jerseys as, as much as they could and everything. So my point essentially, and again, a lot of people are going to argue it, but with everything that I've already established, LeBron was essentially served the – This is these are the words I wrote down, and again, I – Sort of stand by it with what I said, uh, with everything I've summarized so far. My point is that LeBron was essentially served the record on a silver platter as the record came closer. The stat was chased by the entire NBA due to publicity and inflated to sell as many tickets as possible for his record game. So if we go to the links I have here, just summarizes... A lot of what I already said breaks it down a little bit. You know, it, here from PBS, it says on Monday, quote, on Monday, th- those seats for Tuesday's game against the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, could have been for 75000 each. Uh, total price for the uh, two seats with Ticketmaster uh, was upwards of $181,500 dollars. And uh, once again, just some more links here that uh, sort of go into um, what I've already said uh, and just articles that are repeating the same thing about, you know, how much uh, money was made on LeBron's record night in terms of uh, convenience store uh, purchases, jersey sales from the Lakers shop, um, tickets themselves, you know, ticket prices, and you know people watching at home you know money you get money from streams people watching uh on tv uh people watching from whatever service they use you know hulu with their sports package that type of thing so this uh later in the notes i have written down i also go on to say that this is all not to mention that even with it being served on a quote-unquote silver platter, as I said, these this scoring record has a lot of other asterisks next to it. Kareem did not play for the first four years of his career. Kareem played in an era where you could not enter the NBA until after you graduated college, meaning that he played four more years at UCLA. Even if we take Kareem's worst seasons, even though his best seasons were at the start of his NBA career and he started to level off later, uh, if we take his worst season, 
and we take 22 points per game, we multiply it by about 79 games a season that he was averaging, times the four seasons that he would have played um, had he gone straight into the NBA, and we add that to Kareem's current record, he surpasses 45,000. So let's get, you know, the 38,000 out of here. You know, let's forget about uh, 38,387. And let's talk about if Kareem was able to play the, like, right out of high school the way LeBron was. Kareem would have over 45,000 points. And this is also without the next point that I'm going to make, which I'm not going to spend too much time on because it, it doesn't make much difference with the way Kareem scored. But this is 45,000 points considering that Kareem also had no three-point line. Uh, I, I put on here, this point will be brief because Kareem never shot threes to begin with. But it's still worth mentioning that Kareem uh, did not have a three-point line later in his career. Had there been a three-point line, you know, early in his career, maybe he would have adapted his game a little bit more. Maybe he would have tried to shoot more threes. You know, that's all uh, circumstantial. That's all hypothetical. Would he have attempted more threes if the possibility was there? Uh, we simply don't know uh, because in the scoring record, he only has one three. Um, but, you know, he wasn't even given the option to shoot threes, essentially, uh, is the point there. So even with no threes... Uh, with this math, he would have had over 45,000 points. And so I'll show it here just so y'all get the exact number that I'm talking about. So if we look up calculator, you know, let's take the 22 times 79, like I said, multiply that by 4. We get 6,952. You guys can probably hear my roommates in the background. I apologize about that. Uh, and we... Add that to the 38,387, we get 45,339. I mean, again, it speaks for itself. Those four seasons, he could have scored 7,000 points. Um, and then obviously 38,000 plus 7,000, that's over 45,000 right there. Um, and that's also taking his worst season as well. So if we go to Kareem's stats... Just for the sake of driving this point home further, let's go to some of his best seasons. So let's take his first four seasons where he averages 28, 31, 34, 30. So if we take 28 plus 30 plus 31 uh, plus 34, and again, this isn't even the decimals. I could add, I could round up 28 to 29. I could round... 31.7 to 32. I could round 34.8 to 35, but let's just leave it as the whole numbers as it is. So we take one 123 is the uh, the total of all those four seasons. We divide it by four seasons to get an average for those four seasons. So then we have 30.75 for how much he was averaging in his first four seasons. So then if we take that number instead of the 22, multiply it by the 79 games he was averaging, you know, right here. Um, and then we multiply that by 4 as well. We get almost 10,000 points. So when we add that to 38,387, 
he almost clears not only 45,000, he almost clears 50,000 points with 48,104 points. So again, this is not adjusted if Kareem were to play for four more seasons. If we look at how fast Kareem also got his record, we can see that Kareem was scoring faster um, scoring faster than LeBron for pretty much all of the seasons except for uh, in his last two seasons. And this is obviously because of Kareem uh, sort of leveling off uh, his last couple seasons with getting older and also LeBron, like I said, being fed the ball a lot more in the last two seasons as well. Uh, if we look at other criteria as well, even with the scoring record, he isn't the most efficient scorer. MJ has 10 scoring record titles and MJ scored 20,000 points at a much faster rate and averages more in his career with a higher usage rate compared to LeBron. So to summarize, scoring is not everything. LeBron is beat in nearly every other aspect of basketball by Kareem, MJ, or both of them. Even when evaluating scoring, LeBron is not the best scorer despite having the most points, especially with the record being skewed in his favor. And then I put here, as you can see, I'll put it back on screen. The scoring record changes nothing. MJ remains the title of the greatest to me personally, period. But I will add a little thing here at the end. While I said, here, I'm typing it out on screen for y'all. While I said this changes nothing for me personally, the goat argument will always be subjective there just to put a little bit you know clear things up like i said i said to go in with an open mind i myself am also having an open mind as an agreement to you guys since uh, i'm hoping you are also going in with sort of an open mind here uh but to me the scoring record does not really change that much at least with the arguments that I've provided so far. However, uh, we're about to get into the defense of LeBron, and it does sort of change my view a little bit, uh, and the importance of why LeBron could be, uh, be considered the GOAT, considering the uh, scoring record. So, just like I was hoping y'all were having an open mind with me about MJ, I am going in with an open mind with LeBron to have a mutual respect for each other. Um, but so far, to me, uh, MJ still remains the title of GOAT to me personally. But at the end of the day, as I've said in my uh, previous video and in this video, I cannot reiterate enough that at the end of the day, the GOAT is who you choose, and it is simply an objective thing. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and head to work, and I will... See you guys in about four hours, and I will record the last little bit of this in defense of LeBron. So uh, stay tuned to the podcast episode for that. All right, here we are with part two. 
If I seem a little less energetic, it is because I am recording this at 11.45 at night, and I have to be up at like 4 a.m. tomorrow. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and try and get through this as best I can and try and keep the energy up, but uh, if I do seem tired throughout this second part, it is because I am. Um, but... Again, I just went on a long rant uh, against LeBron, so let's go ahead and start the arguments for LeBron and why he could possibly be the GOAT. So, uh, obviously, the number one thing uh, most people think of whenever they think of LeBron and the GOAT argument is his longevity, and his longevity just speaks for itself. Uh, there's several things that I can and can say there. Uh, there. There's plenty that's already been said about his longevity. And sort of everything that can be said about LeBron ultimately in some way ties back to his longevity. And I have never, even whenever I say that MJ is still personally the GOAT for me, I have never once questioned LeBron LeBron's longevity. I have always gone on record for saying that in the conversation of longevity, LeBron James is the GOAT. He is the longevity GOAT. Uh, I've said that many, many times. Um, and it, it's just incredible that um, in his 20th year, he is still able to put up 30 points per game. And even when we look at Kareem and, you know, his previous scoring record, he starts to level off with his age as time goes on. And he, he starts to plateau in his last couple seasons as well, which we'll get into. But, um, uh, again, even with how much um, bias or how much, like, I talk negatively on LeBron, his, like – Talking bad about his longevity is, like, over the line for me uh, because that is something that can never be questioned. Uh, so here on the notes that I have, uh, I, I said uh, I want to start off by saying I've never once challenged LeBron's longevity. His ability to play is so great that he averages more in his 20th season than his earlier seasons. Uh, I can't even do it justice trying to describe it, and it's indescribable with words, but it's, he is unquestionably the longevity goat. Uh, it is due to this consistency that he is able to do the things that he does. When looking at the pace of his scoring the last couple years, it's almost a straight linear line uh, besides these last two seasons when he started to chase the, chase the stat. Uh, we can then apply this to the next point that I bring up, uh, while I say that the scoring record is not adjusted, LeBron is not done scoring. So basically what I mean by this is, uh, like, you know, I earlier I put so many asterisks next to, um, you know, if, if Kareem had played four more years, you know, he would have scored well over 40,000 points. Um and, you know, LeBron was, uh, I basically made the claim, like, you know, a lot of people helped LeBron get the record, you know, they fed him the ball a lot more, things like that. However, 
you know, he isn't done playing. So he could easily shatter this record by a lot and uh, get 40,000 himself and basically erase all of those asterisks by how much he destroys the record. Um, and it, it just goes back to his longevity. You know, if he's able to play 20 seasons like this, is he able to play 22 seasons like this, 23 seasons like this, and so on? Uh, so in the notes I have, I basically break that down a little bit more, and I say even after breaking the three or 38,387, he continued that night to score another three to have three, uh, 38,390, and this season is still going. Right now, LeBron is obviously tied with Kareem for the amount of seasons played. He has completed the scoring record, so theoretically he could retire if he wanted to with nothing else left to prove. However, he has expressed openly and many times, and it's no secret that he wants to play with Bronny at least one year. This would require him to stay in the league for two more years, seeing as Bronny is available for draft in 2024. He averages about 60 games a season since going to LA. If we multiply the remaining 15 games for him to average this season, times 30 points per game, and... <clears throat> And also add 30 points per game times 60 games a season for two more seasons, LeBron would surpass about 42,000 points. After passing 40,000 points, there is no more asterisks that can be added to the record. That will be an untouchable number for years to come that only further shows his longevity and consistency at playing a professional level. So yeah, that's basically just summarizes everything uh, that I said uh, you know e even if right now people can be like uh, you know I've gone on record saying even if LeBron breaks the scoring record to me uh, Kareem is still the scoring king uh, once LeBron breaks like 39,000 or 40,000 or even goes up to like 42,000 45,000 like that argument cannot be made anymore like he will be like the indefinite scoring like record even with everything considered that i mentioned before um basically the arguments that i made before of like different eras you know no three-point line um and like all the years that kareem did not play and played at ucla like it's no one void it would not matter based on the fact that he is still playing and he could continue playing for who knows how long and just completely like destroy this record um however there's the i, I put on here however there's the question of how playing to two more seasons puts stress on his body and how long he can keep averaging 30, but so far he's shown that that is no problem for him. While we say that there are asterisks next to his scoring record and how much it truly means, the argument can be swayed simply by saying, quote, quote he isn't over yet. Um, like I just said. Um, and if we go to the link that I have here, it's got several charts that sort of have to do with this 
So again, we brought up like the three pointer versus two pointer. And then obviously the this era had, let me get rid of that so y'all don't see my email. Um, you know, the uh, LeBron James uh, era, obviously way more three pointers. Um, Kareem didn't even have a three pointer until halfway through his career. Uh, and then it shows it later through here. And then this shows, uh, you know, the scoring by age. So with Michael Jordan, you know, he, he scores amazingly high. And then it just starts to decrease as normal. And then Kareem's same thing. It stays relatively even, but once Kareem hits 35, it really starts to decline and plateau. Uh, but if we look at LeBron's, LeBron's not only stays consistent, but then once he hits 35, rather than plateauing like Kareem, it actually increases. Um, so audio listeners, y'all are going to have to bear with me because y'all can't see the graph. Uh, but basically, it, it shows the lines of MJ scoring versus Kareem scoring versus LeBron scoring and how many points per game per age. Um, and LeBron's stays almost uh even from year uh year 23 to uh age 35 and then once he hits age 35 it actually increases from 25 to uh 30 and then kareem's kareem's goes from uh about age 22 as well to and increases to age 25 and then at age 25 he actually decreases back to um, about 27-ish points per game. And then it continues to sort of slowly decline but stay relatively even until we hit uh, age 33. And then it decreases uh, down to uh, about 22 points per game at 35, stays relatively even. And then at about age 38, it drops from about 24 all the way down to only 10. Um, so it's a massive decrease between uh, age uh, about 38 to age 42 for uh, Kareem. With MJ, uh, he has a huge skyrocket from age 22 to uh, about age uh, 23, age 24, going from 24 points per game to about 36, 37. And then it relatively stays even, but decreases about, uh, I would say, four points uh, every like three years or so. And then when MJ hits uh, about 33 years old, it slowly decreases each year uh, about one or two points each year from about 30 points to 20 points from age 31 to uh, 38, 39. And then this is uh, just basically the same uh, sort of graph. And then, yeah.
There's also the argument about how fast LeBron got the record. Uh, I talked previously about how Kareem has more points per season for the majority of his time versus LeBron's. However, when comparing the points per minute, LeBron passes Kareem easily. Uh, however, there's also the argument that, again, this is due to a difference in pace of the game and era. Kareem also had to level off and plateau, as we just talked about, while LeBron is still still has his foot on the gas at 7th in scoring. And if we go to this link here, we can show the points per minute graph that I was just talking about. So as you can see with this graph, for a lot of it, Kareem sort of stays above LeBron until uh, the later seasons. But then on the uh, points per minute, LeBron stays above Kareem almost the entire time. Uh, with the exception of the first couple seasons and then the uh, around the eighth to ninth season right here. Also, even with the argument that scoring isn't the most important and resume is, when evaluating stats, LeBron has MJ beat at everything besides steals per game and points per game. He also has MJ built beat in totals and everything except steals uh, LeBron even has a better true shooting percentage and win shares so if we go back to those websites that I was using earlier when talking about uh, resumes and accolades and that sort of stuff if, if we scroll down later and look at totals and things like that LeBron beats Kareem at everything except for rebounds and blocks because, uh, you know, that's what Kareem really excelled at. Um, and if we go to totals, it's the same thing. If we go to MJ, points per game, Michael Jordan is better. However, total points, obviously, LeBron is better. Uh, rebounds per game, LeBron is better. Assists per game, LeBron is better. Uh, blocks per game, they're tied. Uh, total rebounds, LeBron is better. Total assists, LeBron is better. Uh, total blocks, LeBron is better. So whenever comparing head-to-head -head stats, you know, LeBron clears in pretty much every category except for blocks and steals on top of both of them. And then I'm not going to spend too much time on this website, but if I scroll through here, you can see sort of the same thing I was talking about, the per game stats, and then these stats, and then the advanced stats, player efficiency rating, Jordan is higher just by a little bit, uh, and Jordan has a plus minus just a little bit higher, but LeBron has a way higher win shares, way higher uh, true shooting percentage. And then here's the playoff stats, and then playoff advanced stats, and so on. And this also goes to our next point as well. Even if the uh, scoring, you know, um, you know, LeBron uh, passes in almost every stat. So let's focus on specifically one stat. 
Uh, despite my point that the scoring record was handed to him, his ability to pass is also rivaled amongst the greats. Already passing Steve Nash Magic jo- and Magic Johnson and less than 1,000 away from also passing Chris Paul, three of the greatest facilitators and point guards of all time. So this is focusing on the assist record. Um, you know, like, like I just said, Steve Nash, Magic Johnson, uh, Chris Paul, three of amazing point guards. You know, people call Chris Paul the point god. Magic Johnson is known for his passing ability. Steve Nash, we just talked about before how Steve Nash won his MVP by his assist numbers. Um, and LeBron has those assist numbers as well. So while somebody like me can before argue about how his field goal attempts went up, uh, you know, he's playing a little bit more selfish and everything like that to try and get this record. Um, you know, he's scoring for himself um, and, you know, make all these claims. At the same time, uh, his assists are there as well to sort of uh, re- rebuttal that point that, you know, he's not being selfish. He is facilitating play like a point guard. Uh, which is one of the things that makes LeBron so great. You know, he has the the court vision and the uh, playmaking ability of a point guard while having the body and athleticism of a forward and everything like that. So I put on here, even after taking away the scoring record, LeBron stands alone with the ultimate tri- triple-double, being the only player with 10,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, and 10,000 assists. So, again, we can talk about, you know, Russell Westbrook, Oscar Robinson, um, you know, being the triple-double kings, but having totals that, you know, rival each other uh, like that with the ultimate triple-double of all time, uh, you know, obviously he's going to have a lot more points because he's the main guy on any team that he, he plays on. So his points are going to be much higher than his rebounds and assists, and that also goes for anybody because, you know, scoring is how you get points in basketball. But uh, his assists and rebounds are also right there as well. And uh, I put on there, I, I put on my notes, just as many articles have been made about his passing as have been made about his scoring ability, meaning he doesn't just shoot the ball over and over, but tries to play, make, and facilitate like Magic Johnson. Uh, And I put, I won't break down fully his ability to assist and pass, but as you can see, these articles and many more have praised him for this. Uh, I did not put the links to the articles here, so give me just a second. But I will pull them up shortly. So yeah, if we go here, LeBron James is a genius passer and it's solving every Lakers problem by SB Nation. They talk about his passing ability and his ability to play make, as you can see. Basketball Network, uh, article titled, More points than Mike, more assists than Magic, more steals than Iverson, 
dissecting LeBron's statistical dominance. So again, um, pretty much every everything that a player is great at, LeBron is somehow better better than that player in each category. So people say nobody scored like Mike, he has more points than Mike. Nobody passes like Magic, he has more assists than Magic. Nobody can get steals like Iverson, he has more steals than Iverson, and so on. Uh, this one, LeBron's passing skills have regularly earned him major accolades, and it, this goes on. Uh, by Bleacher Report, breaking down how LeBron is the most unique NBA star ever, and what is the first thing that they talk about? Passing ability. On this one, this is basically just drills about how LeBron passes, but still proves the point of so many people talking about LeBron's passing ability and how to basically pass like LeBron, quote-unquote. So, again, all of these articles and many, many more talking about LeBron's passing ability, just like his scoring ability. So, uh, anybody uh, like me that says, you know, he's selfish and that's why he gets the record can easily be destroyed based on his assist numbers and his uh, infinite, infamous passing ability. Uh, so I put at the end, in short, even if the scoring record has asterisks, many things undo the asterisks. And it, even if we disregard the scoring record, there are many other things that he can hang his hat on. And I don't know what other way to say it. Uh, we talked at the beginning that the scoring... Uh, or the GOAT debate is so hard because it's hard to pick one thing and say, okay, this thing makes you the, the GOAT. But LeBron is one of those players that's so well-rounded that you can pick any stat and LeBron will be in that conversation. So even the even though the GOAT debate is so broad uh, about like the things that you can choose from, you can choose just about anything and LeBron will still be in the conversation for that resume, that stat, and so on. Uh, but that sort of summarizes uh, my takes for LeBron. So with that all said and done, um, I can definitely see an argument for why LeBron is the GOAT. However, as I said before, MJ is still the GOAT for me. Um, I hope that you went into this with an open mind. And, you know, maybe I was able to uh, sway you in some way. If not, then I completely understand because, again, with the GOAT debate, it is a very stubborn thing and everything like that but um I i'm just hoping you didn't go in with as as much stubbornness as a lot of people do uh again i had said before um you know every time i post a video of, of lebron there's always you know 12 or 13 year olds that instantly just say like oh you know nothing about basketball you're just a hater and everything like that and i i feel like those are uh, not constructive uh, you know, um, if you're just going to disregard any argument made uh, against LeBron or against MJ or against Kareem or against other player, any player, by just saying you're a hater, then like there's no argument that can be made to convince you because you're just gonna say that everybody that disagrees with you is a hater, and that doesn't just go for basketball either. That that goes for life. You know, you can't just disregard. Every, everything that people say to you uh, based on like, oh, you're stupid, oh, you're a hater, oh, you know, you don't understand, uh, stuff like that. So uh, hopefully not only with this episode, but in life you can follow things with an open mind and hopefully this was educational or 
entertaining to say the least because that is the main goal so uh, thank you guys for allowing me to do this t- for 40 episodes and continuing to watch the podcast thank you for subscribing and getting me to almost 500 subs hopefully we can get to that 500 subs soon hopefully you guys share the videos around and like the videos and subscribe if you haven't already all that good stuff and uh, I think that's about it uh, next podcast episode should be dropping soon with episode 41 uh, where we will talk about all the trade deadline craziness and maybe some all-star stuff depending on how much time we have and I will see you guys in the next one I think that's about all I got for this one so Nathan Bunnett episode 40 guys peace out